Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And you got Brett. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are on Season 2, Episode 8 now. Cranking out episodes every week here yep. on all your favorite podcast platforms. And once again, we got a great episode lined up today. What are we talking about, Brett? Yeah, so I want to touch a little bit on our trip from last week. Um, when we recorded that podcast, we were right in the middle of just pounding fish. Yeah, you <laughs> can tell. We were we were in it. That and was cool. So it, it didn't quite bring the normal information, what we were doing, how we were doing it. So I just want to touch on that quick in this introduction. Um, some of the more basics of what we found while we were out there, that sort of stuff. Um, also Ben was running some new gear. Um, so we'll talk, we'll touch on that a little bit on this intro, but the main, uh, topic for this week's episode is going to be live bait versus plastic. Yeah. And we've gotten a lot of questions on that. I don't think I'd call it versus plastic. I'd just say live bait and plastic. Yep. Absolutely. That'll be good. They definitely go hand in hand. It's not one or the other sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I think you guys are all interested to to hear our preferences on what we're all about when it comes to bait. If we're leaning more one way or the other when to use different types of bait that's a that's a huge question and that's something that i was always you know interested in yep uh when i first started ice fishing but yeah um how did our trip go overall like get throw out your honest opinion on it unbelievable for, uh, for just jumping in the truck oh my and gosh. not having a specific destination yeah that's for just cool. just hopping in the truck and saying okay well so we did a little pre and i talked about that in the last week's podcast so i won't go too much to we did some pre-looking at it and had an idea of of where we wanted to go, how to stop, what to look for, that sort of stuff. But for just getting in the truck and just heading north and, yeah, just looking for safe ice, I can't believe how many fish we caught. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't say we caught real big monsters, but still, you know, solid fish all the way around, you know, nine, 10-inch crappies, mm-hmm. seven, eight, eight-and-a-half-inch yeah. bluegills. Enough for a fish fry, fry, that was awesome. You know, you can't beat that. I mean, yeah, for going to lakes that we've never been before, uh, just kind of running by the seat of our pants. I don't think we could have hoped for anything better. Yeah, and I will I will say, when we first rolled in, and it was like 5.30 at night, yep. we go to this little hole-in-the-wall kind of lake, and it looks awesome. Yep. Kind of dark, you know. The, the, the sun was just starting to go yep, below the but tree. the ice is dark, too. Like, it was yep, just, cloudy. you know. Oh, yeah. So we get out there, and we're all revved up, just in our sweatshirts, and freaking 10 mm-hmm. degrees outside. Go chop a couple holes, about an inch ice. Yeah, It was a kick in the shorts. Yep. <laughs> and we're thinking oh my gosh we're gonna have to run an hour north again yeah, yeah. Or, or a couple hours north um but then yeah brett brett and his googling skills had a, just had all another over lake it. in our back pocket yep plan b yep. away we go already four wheeler tracks running out there so that's, that's yeah there's cool. already a shack out there so yeah it's it's that's that's a good lesson to be had there that ice fishing conditions and and lake conditions change yep within a minute of other lakes. Yeah, you know, really it really depended on yep, the depth. Depends on so many different things. Yep. Um, to see what is actually going to create safe ice for you and what, you know, the lake that we were on and made it out on, that lake had been froze for a while. A while. Yeah. Versus yeah. the other lake was pretty fresh. So. And one thing I think, at least I learned and, you know, carried forward is we really left no stone unturned when we were going to a new lake. Now, that one we hit when it was getting dark just at dusk, you know, we really didn't try to dissect that lake. We just went out, tried to find fish as close to the to the shore or close as close to our access as possible. Because it was dark. Uh, personally, I wasn't real comfortable with doing a lot of exploring yeah. in the middle of the dark. It's hard to do that when it's dark. Um, but that next lake we went into the next day. So believe it or not, we didn't sleep great in the pickup, but we did get a little bit of sleep. Believe but, it or uh, not. We were on the road by about 4.30 in the morning uh, looking for coffee. And then once we found the lake we wanted to stop at, it was what, maybe 5.30 we were 
parked yep. at that boat ramp. Yep. Um, looked at the map, had one spot that we wanted to for sure go to, so we beelined it to that. But then after that, we really left no stone unturned. Um, we went way up into the reeds looking for stuff. We went way out into the basin looking for fish. Yep. Um, ultimately, I'd say what was really the dictator of catching fish was uh, that dusk, dawn to dusk bite. Yep. Um, middle of the afternoon out there was really nothing. Yeah, and that's that's pretty typical. I mean, we use that as a time to record our podcast, to you know, mm-hmm. be out there in some action, but it, we know it's we're cooking relaxed. our food out there. Yeah, just yep. a little more relaxed. And that's actually... That's when everybody started showing up too. That was crazy. Yeah, I don't. I still we feel like they're watching us at noon, and all of a sudden, everyone is just starts coming there. out. Yeah, you know, go from nothing to five other shacks out there with yep. us. So, yep, and well, that was a good time. A little bit that I learned about the panoptics. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that we wouldn't have been able to find the fish without it, but I would say that it got us something that it gave us. It provided us this year that I, we haven't had in the past is it got me to locations where we could just set up the shack and catch fish all day long. Um, I don't know. Just consistent fish. That I've had, that I've done that, been able to do that before. Yeah, that's I difficult. Mean, it was, maybe it was just happened to be the spots we were at. Maybe it was luck. I don't, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I know that I pointed in some directions with the panoptics. I said, Ben, there's fish 50 yards away or 50 feet away. Go drill a hole. And he's, he's finding fish. And then we ended up just in areas where fish were just, big schools were just constantly coming through. Um, where in the past, by the time we'd do that, you know, we'd find a few fish, we'd find a few fish here or there, we'd catch them definitely, but I never really felt like we were able to set up on a spot and expect to catch fish consistently all day long, which that second lake, that third lake we went to, we were definitely able to do that. And we used the panoptics to find that. Yep. Yeah. And I think if, if we would have been on a little different schedule and had some different arrangements for being overnight, we would have been out there during the night bite. Yep. Again, and just gone all in on it. But for a quick, like I said, for a quick trip, a few hours yep. away from home, can't beat it. I mean, it was a 24-hour trip. We By the time we stopped at the lake we fished, the first lake, to the time that we left yep. that third lake to head home was 530. It was literally 24 hours. Mm-hmm. We stopped, at, we got to the first lake at 530 yep. on Friday evening, and we left to head home 530 Saturday night. Yep. Whirlwind tour on the short rod yeah, show. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. That was awesome. But I'd, I'd do it again. Uh, ben, you were busting out some new gear that you hadn't tried, but there's been a lot of yeah buzz around Facebook on them. Talk yeah. about them. So I uh, picked up a deal on the Norfin Klondike boots, mm-hmm. and they're the gray ones with the kind of yellow toe on it. They have your kick-out ice cleat. And Did you ever try that? No, I haven't yet. No. It's real stiff to kick out, So, <laughs> which I get it. You don't yeah, want to flip out. out. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to flip out all the time, but... Um, so in, you know, years past I've used, um, the military bunny boots, like yep. the black bunny boots, and they are hard to get on and off. They're really short. Yep. And so I'd always get water coming up my striker suit, which isn't a big deal. You know, usually it'll be waterproof or whatever, but it freezes bad. Yep. Like it'll freeze all up through, uh, through on your leg coming up and they're just really heavy. Yep. You know, they have like the wool layer inside or something, rubber sealed in between them. They're well, just, do you have problems with your feet sweating then at that point? I too? do. Yeah. Yep. My feet get really hot no matter what I do. Like I've had the best luck with like two pairs of wool socks, like the really thin wool ones and then the thicker ones over top. Mm-hmm. But even then, yeah, it was just once your feet get too, too sweaty, then they get cold no matter what. Yep. Um, so I was reading some reviews online on the Norfin products, and I think we saw them at the ice show a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. They're like Russian. Yeah, company. and you pick them up, and they are 
super unbelievably light. light. Oh my gosh. Like they're made of nothing. It's super cool. Um, so if you're putting in some miles, you know, like we do, huffing around, yep. I mean, geez, last weekend we climbed up the side of a iron or mine, pit mine, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that was a little sketch. Scoping out, scoping out lakes. <laughs> it's oh, perfect for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, pick those up, got a free hat with them. It's just pretty cool. And yeah, they were super comfortable. They have a removable liner. You can yep. pull that out, That's dry it big. out. My feet never got sweaty. Like I, hmm. I warm all day, pretty much all the time. Feet were still dry, no problem. Nice. And I warm with cotton socks first, which usually you don't want to do. Didn't seem to matter. I mean, it wasn't super cold out, yeah. so I think they'll hold up really well. Um, they're like a foam material on the outside, and then yeah. you know an inner liner, and they're super grippy. Yep, that's pretty cool. Like I used them snow blowing yesterday. <laughs> yep, slip on and off, super easy. So nice. they're they're more like your uh, kind of muck boot style. I guess, or or something kind of similar. They just don't have that rolled neoprene. Yeah, they don't top. have the neoprene top. But so yeah, I was really impressed with them. Nice. So that's not a not a plug by any means, but I think they're they're a good investment. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with them definitely. Here you go uh, for the money, way better than what I had before. So I'm just gonna give those away or do something with them. So nice, cool. Well, we'll get get into some live bait versus plastics here coming up next on the Short Rod Show. Hey, Ben, so I've got this buddy that's trying to start a small business, but he's having a real tough time with his digital footprint and just trying to figure all that out. Do you know anybody that could help him out? Well, I think I do. I know uh, a couple cool guys at this company called Evergrow Marketing, and they really specialize in helping landscape and lawn care companies maximize their digital footprint and basically bring customers to them, help them get found on the internet. Really? I mean, they'll work with any business. Um, they're really looking to expand, and if you tell them that Ben and Brett sent you from the, the Short Rod Show, you can get it 10% off your first order. Really cool. If you're interested in the Evergrow Marketing team and what they have to offer, check them out on evergrowmarketing.com and tell them Ben and Brett from the Short Rod Show sent you. You know, Brett, I was poking around on Facebook the other day, and I could just not find the Short Rod Show. What's the deal? Oh, you just got to punch us in on Google. What do you mean? We show up on Google already? Oh, yeah. The Evergrow team hooked us up. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. I'll try that now. Yeah, right. You just punch in Short Rod Show, and we'll come up on our website, shortrodshow.com. It'll come up on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So people can find us all over now. Yeah, all over the internet. That's great. We're also on Instagram, too. I've been trying to keep up with that, posting some cool pictures. When we're out on the ice, you can check us out there, too. Yeah. Sweet updates. Awesome. Check us out, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again here through the break. Uh, today, you caught us talking about a little bit of live bait and plastics. Yep. The two main go-tos, right, for for any kind of bait you're using. You know, you, I, I hear guys fishing without bait, but I don't normally do that. No. I always got something um, on there. You know, there's got to be a pretty aggressive bite if you're just throwing a spoon down there with a bare hook. But Well, we did that pike. It can be done. Took that uh, origami spoon. Oh, that's right. With nothing yeah. on it. Yeah, if you're snagging fish. <laughs> you think I snagged it? No, I don't know. I don't know. That thing's wild. No, he definitely came in and, and grabbed it. It was on the corner of the mouth, so it was good. How do you know that? I remember. It was stuck in there. That pike that I had last weekend? Oh, it broke off, didn't it? Yeah, it came off. Oh, man, I'm thinking something else. I'm definitely thinking, because <laughs> we never saw anything. I'm making that up. Oh, disregard You just that. saw it on the <laughs> camera that it was a pike for sure. Exactly. And I was ripping that origami blade man, trying to get him out of there. That panoptic just showed that hook right in the corner of the mouth just showed it yeah you can see it go right in his mouth <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's talk live bait first yep. so that's kind of 
uh, that's probably what you grew up on. That's what I grew up on too. I yep. mean, the what's what's the main bait you think of ice fishing? And I mean, honestly, that's my first go to to live bait before plastic. Even now, anyway. yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think waxworms are tough to beat. Yep. Um, a couple of, uh, of options that are waxworms. You can get these butterworms mm-hmm. or butter. I think it's butterworms or butter caterpillars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, butterworms. Kind of they're larva. just they look like a big fat waxworm. Is what mm-hmm. they look like. Uh, you got your spikes, maggots, red maggots, red spikes, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Uh, and then minnows, minnow heads, chubs, shiners. Yep. Whatever you want. Um, I guess then if you're in the catfish game, you want to go with some shad guts. The also, shad gut. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, those are the main things that I'm talking about. Uh, I guess, yeah, my first go-to is always, almost always, because they're easy to keep alive. I always keep, you know, I'll buy a 250 tub before the season, waxworms. Um, I always have them on me. And they're usually the first thing going down the hole. Yep. Um, I think that's where we work really well together is, is that your first thing, reaction is to go plastic. Yep. Um, so then we can really hone in on a bite real quick on, is it waxworms? Is it plastics? What do they want? And honestly, half the time it's, we're both catching fish anyways. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a psychological thing at that point. But um, when the bite does get really tough, live bait, having that extra scent yep. and that extra kind of movement. Um, that's really what plastics are all trying to mimic is yep. the movement of a floaty kind of larvae in the water. Yep. And your plastic, you know, like when, when we talk about the little Adam noogies having the whip tail whipping yep. around all your plastics that have kind of the tentacles flipping out of them. That's what it's trying to, trying to accomplish is just have some kind of floaty movement in the water that gets fish riled up. And yeah. And I think where live bait really outshines. Or shines is like in a real tough bite situation because I don't think, I don't feel like I need the movement when I have light bait, live bait on as I do with plastics. I mean, if I'm not moving a plastic bait I'll, at the end of the day, you're just have a little plastic piece of whatever yep. hanging in the water. Yep. Um, you need movement with the plastic to, to make it look like anything. Otherwise it's just a thing down there. Yep. Where with the live bait, you got some scent, you got, you know, even, even if, if you're holding the bait, you you can never hold it perfectly still. So if you put a little piece of live bait on there, there's always little tentacles or a little some guts or something hanging off that's making a little bit of micro movement. Yep. Um, that I think is pretty important. Uh, yeah, like I said, especially when the bite's tough. Yep. Or you're on some real finicky finicky fish that have have really seen everything. Yep. Uh, thrown at them. And you've talked a little bit about it in the past too, but you squish your waxworms and really get time. a little. Yep. I'll put juice so I'll, coming out of them. Anymore, my go-to thing is if I'm running a jig. Uh, or a cadis or whatever, is I'll put two waxworms on there, and I'll pinch them and pop them. Yep. I mean, your your fingers get gross, but it, it the, is a it's a lost cause when you're out on the ice. It has yeah, increased my happen. catching a lot yep. um, because yeah, then you got a little bit of juice in the water. Maybe I don't know if that's really that big of a deal, but what it is, you got little guts and tentacles and mm-hmm. crap hanging off the uh, waxworm that really give it a lot of movement even with very little subtle touches yep yep definitely and then i've experimented too with different ways of hooking up a waxworm yeah on your jig so like on spoons i'll tip it through kind of the tail end and let it flop around the long way or you know on a jig we all know with you know thread it through like you would a an earthworm or whatever Uh, i wouldn't say we all know that i definitely don't do that which way thread or no i'm talking to put it on a jig i don't do that you just let it dangle. I just poke it straight. Well, I'll do, well, so like I said, I'll put two on there. Yep. Is I'll thread one on and then I'll just poke one on sideways. There you go. The, the old cross. The yeah. Waxy so it makes cross. a little cross on there. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what I'll do. Uh, 
And then you got a little bit of both going on there. Yep. Um, I don't know if it makes any difference or not. But I mean, but... it varies your profile in the water. It depends, yeah. depends on how the bite is. If the bite's tough and you want a smaller presentation, yep. you're, fi- you're fishing the Cadis with a tiny little chunk of half of a wax worm on there, basically. Or... No, no, I put, still put two on yeah, there. Yeah, but if it's really tough, that's what I'm saying. You can vary yeah. it from very little bait all the way up to yeah, yeah, yeah. Big cramming, blob or cramming two or three on a spoon and yep. letting them flop all over. Um, but yeah, waxies are kind of the, the go-to. Yep. Waxies. Um, one thing we've heard a lot of folks saying, and we'll probably use those a little bit more are spikes. Yep. Red maggots. The maggots. Um, and about the only, I don't have any really a lot of actual fishing experience, but you know, I hear a lot of people, you really glob a bunch of them on there and yeah. they're pretty tough. Yeah. They, um, they, they do don't have fall a tough off skin. as easily. They're, they're like, I don't know. And they're much more wriggly than, uh. Yep. Waxworm is also, I think. And they come in lots of different colors. We got a question on, on the different uh, colors. I think that's an that. artificial thing. I don't think they naturally it is, yeah. colors. It is, yeah. Yep, but I don't have as very much experience to be able to say one way or the other. I, I, I just you know, can. you know, our standard colors of white, red, pink, green. Those are kind of the colors that, that produce anyway, with no matter plastics. what. With plastics. With yeah. plastics. So that'd probably be a good bet, good safe bet yep. going with any of those colors. But Yep. And at the end of the day, I would imagine you just fish those real similar as a waxworm. Yep. Um, minnow heads, uh, you know, I think I run a lot of fathead minnows is what I run. Um, and I've done, I've done a little bit of both where I'll clip them off right behind the head and you'll just put the minnow head on there. Mm-hmm. But I've also done it where you clip the tail off too. And then you got the whole bo- half the body sticking on the head as well. Okay. Uh, much bigger presentation. Yep. Uh, I couldn't tell you one way or the other, whether one works better or the other yep. one, but, um, or fish them live or fish them live. Yeah. I mean, that, that works too. Uh, that That's usually my go-to, like a set rod, mm-hmm. uh, fish them live. I'll, a lot of times I'll, so I, I, where I pin my hook. So what I like to use is a, uh, a fairly large jig, a vertical type jig. Mm-hmm. And I'll either put it behind, in front of or behind the dorsal fin. If I want it in front of it, I just want that, that minnow to sit there and live and mm-hmm. swim all day long. I put it behind the dorsal fin. Um, I'm expecting a bite fairly soon or i'm expecting to be in fish um because if it's behind that dorsal fin eventually that that fish because it 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 puts that fish pointing down naturally so that fish is fighting to stay level well eventually that little minnow is going to get tired Mm -hmm. and then it just dies um so So you get a lot more action but it doesn't (laughs) last as long yeah what about clipping like one of the one of the fins off of it no i've never done that swimming around sideways never done that one thing i have done and i don't i i should have put a camera down to watch it is I put two minnows on and I put them pointing different directions. <laughs> I put <laughs> the minnow tug of war. <laughs> yeah. So they're fighting each other. Sure. Um, as they try yeah. to swim around. Um, I mean, I've caught a few crap. I mean, there's, these are little crappie minnows and I've yep. caught some crappies on them doing that. Uh, I don't know if that's just a waste of bait or what, but I thought it was kind of a cool idea yep. when it dawned on me to try to do that. Um, rather than having the minnow swim away or being able to try to yep. fight or get away from a fish. Um, now they're fighting against each other and they can't really go anywhere, but Makes there's sense. a ton of action. Yeah. It creates a lot of movement in the water yeah. and yep. Fish can see it a long ways. Yeah. I know a lot of people, some people like to rig up their minnows, you know, with a split shot and then put it on a little hook. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess I don't really carry split shot with me anyway. So I just use a weighted jig. Um, seems to yep. hold the minnow in place pretty good. Then they don't, they can't run away from that yeah, fish very or quickly. Or swim back up to your hole. Yep. <laughs> yep. The the big thing with live bait, of course, is transporting it out on the ice, getting it. Yeah. I mean, minnows, you're basically going to a bait shop, collecting them, putting them in something, keeping them alive, carrying them out in your shelter. Yep. Uh, I know I've had a minnow bucket tip over in the shelter. Oh, yeah. Just running a regular minnow bucket. 
Havoc. Disaster. Um, you know, we both are running the, the angle. Well, I got to give a shout out to Denny. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've just got Denny's angle for the last four years. I've never done it The one own. stop outdoors branded angle. One thing, one thing uh, I guess I've never used the Fraybill version of yeah, the that Magnum bait cooler. Station. I've never used it on ice. But one thing I don't really like about the Engel one is that that seal freezes. And I don't know, maybe the Fraybill does too. You're talking the little gasket the little, around the top. The little gasket around top mm-hmm. will yep. click some condensation, it'll freeze. Then it's kind of a pain in the ass to get your bucket open. Yep. Or, I don't know, maybe in order to start to tear that seal and then you're, you yep. lose your seal for the summertime also. Yeah. Um, that's about the only annoyance. Otherwise, it runs great. I was going to say, they keep they keep your bait going for a long time. Well, when the water's cold, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter anyways. The bait will live for a long time. Hell, I've had minnows still flopping around when I put them in my bait puck. Mm-hmm. So that's another tip, too, if you guys don't do that is uh, if you're just going to use your minnows for heads or, you know, yeah. bodies. You don't care if they're alive. If you don't, if you have, it doesn't really matter. What I'll do is I'll put them in the angle or whatever. Or actually, I've used a cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, when was, were you with us when we did that? No. Uh, I stopped at that bait shop in Webster City. Uh, what it was, was it wasn't a bait shop, more was as a trailer. Pre- yeah, in, that's uh, before we went to in, Brushy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In yep. their garage. So it was, it was a, like a trailer park trailer. Real scary. And then there, oh God, <laughs> uh, there was cameras everywhere, like, oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so it was a trailer park trailer, and then they had their little, uh, like a little side shed garage thing. And there, I mean, there were cameras. There was a camera on the front door. There was a camera on the back door. There was cam- there was cameras shooting all over the place. Bars like, on the windows. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? So I go. It says, "Knock on the front door if you want if you need bait." And so I go knock on the front door, and this lady answers in her freaking robe at eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. It wasn't that late, no. or wasn't that early. Uh, and I'm like, "Hey, so uh, I hear you guys got minnows?" Because <laughs> I was very timid. I'm like, "I don't know if I need to should be here or not." Uh, she's like, "Yeah, wait for me around back." So she goes and opens the door, and all it is is a tank of minnows. Like, it is not a bait thing. Like it, an aquarium? It's just I we sell minnows here, and that's <laughs> it. Uh, and then, so I, I mean, prior to that, I expected, you know, it was kind of like an actual bait shop where they'd give me a bag and fill it with water and give me some minnows. No, no. They didn't have anything to give me these minnows. So I go in the back of the truck, and I have this little Tupperware cup. I think, I think actually what it was is like a shaker, uh, like a protein drink yep. shaker cup. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, well, I got this. And so it's like, all right. So she just dumps two dozen minnows in that thing. And I mean, there was no water for them, really. So I just <laughs> got them in this open cup. Uh, and we take them there. And I mean, shit, those things lived all day. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I just take a couple of them, put them in my bait puck. Yep. Um, and I mean, I was they just fishing fish. with the heads. Yep. Um, and yeah, they, they, they fish just fine. That'll be 10 bucks. <laughs> no, no, they were cheap, cheap. They were like $2. <laughs> she it was got cheap, out of bed cheap. for two, a $2 minnow scheme. Yeah, super cheap. That's amazing. Yeah, but. I mean, you know, that's that's what bait shops are built on, keeping good yep. local bait, uh, live bait going. But yep. at the same time, if it makes it a little difficult if you run out middle of the week, after yeah. work, you know, bait shops are closed, early mornings, that kind of thing. Yep. One thing that is really cool that I see some bait shops doing is a live bait vending machine. Yeah, but I don't know if you can get minnows out of that. Can you? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure you can get wax worms and that sort of stuff. I, don't, I could be wrong. I've never used one. I mean, but. if they stock it every day... They could throw it in, you know, a Ziploc bag with some nitrogen in it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Somebody comment if that. Yeah, let us know. Uh, I want to check that that out. That seems wild. Intrigues me. Yeah. But yeah, if you had a bait uh, vending machine, that would be money. Right on the the tail end. Well, a lot of places have those. The north north ramp of Brushy. Oh, yeah. That thing would get (laughs) ransacked every day. (laughs) Yep. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, live bait, that's kind of the go-to 
for Brett. Yeah. I would say I, I usually have waxies with me, but my go-to would be the plastic. And I'm really only putting plastics on once Ben's caught two or three fish and I haven't caught any. Yeah. Once we get past the decoy crappie, then you're all over it. Yeah. 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 Right. You got to get that out of the, out of the, out of the way. Ben succumbed to the decoy crappie on the trip also. We did. That's where we left fish to go (laughs) try and find fish. Yep. Yep. But man, we got to practice what we preach now. People are watching. Yeah, Surprised somebody didn't come over and say, what are you, what guys, are you guys doing? doing? <laughs> That's obviously the decoy. Yeah. <laughs> Get your Iowa fish finders out. <laughs> checking, so, checking our operation out. But yeah, Ben, what? Uh, give me a rundown. Of, well, so obviously here, you're, here's you're... what I want to know. Oh, okay. Here's a question I had in the back of my head here. When did you first start fishing with plastics, ice fishing? Because I'm sure, you know, bass it's fishing. It's not that long. You've used maybe three years artificial baits, but three years. When did I move to Ankeny? Two years ago. Uh, it's it more than two been, years ago. No, I've only. Yeah, you were here before I got here. Yeah, but it was just our, that was like two years. Ago. October. 18, 20, no, 20, 17, we Yeah, moved in. seventeen. Seventeen. So it would have been set fifteen, maybe when I started using plastic. When I first started mm-hmm. using plastics, twenty fifteen. So five years, I guess. Nice. Man, time gets away from me. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, that was real basic, just kind of walking the store shelves and just picked up some. I think what I first bought was those clam uh, makey plastics. Yep. Uh, they're kind of little spermy-looking deals. Um, yep. They work pretty good. Now, did I tell you my story on the noogies? <laughs> so I was out. The first time I've, I ever heard of plastics or, or saw plastics, I didn't even get to see them. I just heard them. So I was out on the little lake in Cedar Falls. Oh, by, yeah, I have heard By myself. Story. And I'm not catching anything. I'm seeing these crappies coming in, like 30 feet of water. They're coming in about 20, looking at the waxy on a jig. Oh, don't care. Yeah, crappies don't really seem to eat waxworms very well anyway. So, uh, like, what the heck? Well, these two guys start, you know, they set up kind of within earshot of me. And, of course, my old uninsulated shelter, you could hear everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just paper thin. And, like, man, if we've, we're just catching fish after fish. Like, if, if it weren't for these noogies, we wouldn't catch anything. Yeah. And I was on my phone trying to figure out what the hell, how do you spell <laughs> noogie? <laughs> it was like N-O-O-G-I. Yeah. It was like, and so I finally figured it out. And I looked them up. I'm like, oh, shoot, those are kind of cool. Yeah. And went down to Hank's down there in Waterloo. And, of course, they had them all over. And the guy was just like, yeah, dude, you need to you get gotta these. You got to buy these. These yes. are it. He's like, we normally sell out of these real quick. Can't get any more for the winter. So I stocked up and never looked back. Yep. So. I mean, just any kind of plastic that's got, you know, it's cool to experiment with them because you can have all different kinds of profiles, but really you want something that just has a kind of floaty aspect in the water. Yep. So uh, that kind of bait with the long tail. That's always been the go-to. Oh, yeah. That works. Yeah. Works so, so what are your well. thoughts on more like those insect-looking ones? With They got all the little tentacle-looking plastics oh, yeah. with all I the legs. I think those work good, too. I think it comes down to... Because that's really, the, that's really, to me, that's like there's categories yes. of plastics. It's like those insect-looking plastics yep. or you got those whippy tail-looking ones. Um, I'm trying to think of what else there might be. Uh, you got some scents, but I don't know anything yeah. about scent. I, I kind of see it as really worth I anything. fish more like the lowest common denominator baits to where I know it's all about profile, right? Yep. So if I'm fishing a huge bait, you know, that's way too big for most of the fish. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm going to, I might catch a bigger one, maybe, but I might not catch any fish that day. So I'm, I'm going, I normally downsize, you know, down to just a smaller plastic bait with one tail or 
whatever, work it kind of however I feel like, and usually get on some kind of fish. Yep. So that that's more of how I fish those. Because you can get huge plastic baits out oh, yeah. there too. That's yeah. like summer baits. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if if it might work good for some some fish. Yeah. Bass one thing like them. one thing I've done before is so with the plastics. If you get like those insect type plastics, so they got five or six legs coming mm-hmm. off of them, but they're always usually on a single plane. Like if you if you looked at it mm-hmm. one way, the legs are all flat. coming off an end. Yep. Or they yeah they lay flat. Where sometimes I've I've turned them up uh, vertically rather than running them horizontal. Oh okay. Um, and then that gives them more of that vertical presentation like a bait fish or something, rather than a horizontal flat piece. It it, it just kind of depends on how the fish are coming into it and yep. how they look, I, I assume. Yeah, uh, and, you, and you can modify those too. Nothing saying you can't take a clippers yep. and cut off a couple sides or trim yep. them down. That's usually how they're made to be. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. They make them really big, and if you want to modify a couple yep. of them, feel free to go crazy with the clipper and That's another thing, how I up. determine what baits I want to buy or get is can I size, resize them from, uh, for what mm-hmm. I'm fishing? Yep. Um, if it doesn't look like they're going to be easily resizable, I, I'll usually pass on it. Yep. If I can resize it, you know, some of them you'll see they got little uh, different lengths of beads or whatever, little balls on them or something. You can clip those off or something to resize your bait. Or if you yep. want a bigger bait, put a fresh one on and a new one that's real big. And then, yeah, clip yep. them down to the size that you want them to be. Yep. Well, we're talking uh, different kinds of baits. Let's touch a little bit back on storage because some people may not understand how to store these properly. Yeah, because I know I sure didn't when no. I when I took waxies out the first time. I had them in a little cup from oh, yeah. the bait shop. That's they come in, and boom, breaks open in the bottom of the shelter while you're getting out to the you lake. You got waxies everywhere. You got sawdust all over and waxies all over. Um, but yeah, the you touched on the bait puck. What's a, what's a bait puck? I don't know. A little puck. It looks like a puck <laughs> that's hollowed out, and you put bait in it, like a hockey puck with yep. a with a cap. <laughs> also, people you've seen you people used uh, chew tins. Yeah, the sort of deal. the big thing for me on the puck is insulation. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I suppose. Because I've froze waxies many times. Why you have them in your pocket? You froze them? No. That's what I mean. <laughs> no, but I'm always paranoid I'm going to freeze them. I mean, it's not like you can leave that bait puck outside in your truck all night and not expect them to freeze. That's true. But if they're in your pocket, I I don't know. Do they generate their own heat? Maybe. I've I've always kept them live overnight doing that. Outside? Yeah. In my in my pocket of my coat, outside when it's below freezing. Yeah, really. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. I think the insulation does that. a little bit. Too. All right. You know, I don't think they'll let they'll live like as long forever as before. No, but, definitely not. Uh, that was a game changer getting something insulated yeah. and actually keeping them alive more than one day. Yep. You know. Well, then also there's a little hole in that bait puck for them to get air in there. Yep. Where your chew tin may not have that. Yep. Hole. Yep. And then, uh, so you got your bait pucks. What? I'm trying to think what else there might there's the huge bait pucks too you could use for bigger yeah, magnum pucks yeah but those i mean you can't really throw those in your pocket as easy. no i don't even own one yep um the big the big thing for plastics would be that Widowmaker plastics wallet yeah i mean there's a lot of different brands of them but yeah but just having a place to store different plastics versus all in one spot rather than having them all sitting in, in the their original bucket. bag yeah. or yep or spilling out all over or, yep. yeah yeah that having that plastics wallet is real handy yep. to have Yep. And then you can see what you're flipping through. What I like about that other one is that uh, Widowmaker wallet is it's it's clear plastic baggies. And so, like, as I'm flipping through it, I can see two or three baggies through that. Oh, I want that one. So I mm-hmm. flip through it Yep. Um, rather than only being able to see one at a time. Yep. Maximize your efficiency while you're out on the water. You're not yeah. rifling through stuff. That is handy. Yep. yep. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, so plastics are kind of a game changer for me. That's when once I started fishing plastics, I really upped my game. Yep. Because then I I just kept changing bait presentations until I found one that worked, and in general that would work over a wide variety of fish. And so have you ever? Conditions. Have you ever? So obviously when you're talking putting plastics on, you're talking about using putting them on a jig, like a dropper jig. Yep. Or you, have you put them on anything else? Spoon. I've run vertical them on spoons jig before. Yep. Uh, that sort of deal. Yeah, and. Usually with spoons, I try for the more the wider presentation, the wider profile with the tentacles kind of flipping out. Yep. That kind of like a, I think they're called like a spidgy. That's one okay. of them from from the Noogie Company. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, that kind of profile where it's like kind of like a snowflake or like oh a, yeah yeah like a spider. Yep. You know, body in the center, a bunch of you know legs flipping around too. Yep. Um, now do you do you try to have spoons. them run in vertical? Or do you try to make like an L shape out of your spoon where you're running the, where you got the spoon going vertical and then you try to hook the yeah, plastic I try, so it I try makes and like do an L. It. I try and do it, yeah, like an L, yep. horizontally. And actually, if you can, uh, what I need to try is is your trick with the minnow head. Do that with plastics where you pull your yep. treble hook off, slide your bait right in the center of your hook, yep. and then clip it back on. And yep. then you have something that's kind of kind of like right a skirt there. jig, you yep. know, like a bass jig. So I have heard of people, and I, I've never done it, um, is they'll buy like those gulp minnows, mm-hmm. like the plastic gulp minnows that are scented, and they'll put the head, they'll put the minnow head on that on their uh, yeah. Hook. And, and we tried the what are those the freeze dried ones? Not freeze dried, but the the fake. They're real minnows, but they come in a package. Oh 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 yeah, the, those salted minnows. Yeah, no, they're not salted though. I know I didn't have any. They're like vinegaried. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah. And then they they're usually like the, leak the out the everywhere. Brand you buy at Walmart. The I don't know what brand they even are, but there's a whole host of pack. They're usually yep. cat. I consider them catfish bait mostly. Now, one thing that I used a while back that I I probably could revisit is that Berkeley Power Bait. Yeah, the yeah, little, that uh, dough chunks. Yeah, that was similar to what I meant by like those gulp minnow heads. Oh, oh, I guess okay. they're more plasticky. Than well, they are yeah, the dough, the but... Berkeley one is just kind of like a dried out kind of dough. It's yeah, not gonna like a over. like a crappy nibbler sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yep. We yep. need to get some more of those this year. Yeah, we try can certainly out. try that. That's kind of interesting. Thought. What's cool about those is they kind of melt away in the water. Yeah, you know, you you use them for five chum, minutes and all of a sudden yep. there's nothing left. They just have a bare hook. So that's pretty cool. That would be interesting. That's, yeah, another, that's a good thought. That's another type of bait. I wonder how far how well it will fall apart in the winter. Have you used them in the winter? You use them to the ice. Oh, they get real squishy and real. The ones I were using, was using were, were the crappie bites. Yeah. And they're chartreuse is what I remember about them. But, yep. Um, I, I remember keeping some of that gulp bait in my tackle bag, and it no matter how tight you tighten the cap, it just it leaks out leaks, all over. Yeah. And it's, you got this, like, terrible fishy liquid coming out of them. Yeah, yeah. All over your stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. That stuff always, it must be very, like, small molecules that gets through everything. I mean, it just it's, passes through everything. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. So, yeah, basically... Those are the kind of baits that we we use. I mean, plastics, there's a million kinds of plastics. Oh, my and gosh, we've, yeah. we've gotten some new ones this year that we're going to try out, um, which is pretty cool. But, you know, really, the tried and true kind of profile would be something that As a gives some tail. movement. Um, you don't have to work real fast to get the movement. You don't want. To you translate want, to movement. To me, fish. the best plastics are the ones you minimal movement and you get maximum action. Yep. Uh, if you have to really work that bait to get much action out of that plastic, it's too stiff and mm-hmm. you're not getting getting what you want out of it. Like your wedgies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are the ultimate oh, man. non-movement, yeah. still making And sometimes movement. you need to chop the tip off of those suckers because they just go too crazy. Yep. You know, you got to 
two inch long the the jumbo wedgies are ridiculous yep. i always trim those down yep so yeah i run into running baits like that i mean i feel like i get short struck a lot mm-hmm. like you get your pants pulled down a lot on yep. your bait yep awesome that's some good discussion on some bait yeah i, I was i wanted to i wanted to peg you on when you found plastics yeah no, yeah. yeah, that's that was a big deal for me when I heard about that. Well, I didn't even know people fish with it. At the time, what it was, I remember I just started following that Tom Bowley on Facebook. And I sent a message. I mean, this is when he was, had like yeah. a thousand followers. And I just was a like, little guy. And I was like, hey, man, what uh, what do you think about all these plastic baits that people are using, all this plastics versus live bait and stuff? And he actually chimed back in on a video. He did like, he was back then, he was doing these short little 30-second clips. And he's like, yeah, I got a message from Brett. Uh, in Iowa that I was asking about live bait and plastics. Yep. His comment more was use plastics if you got a, a fast and furious bite because they are more durable. They will last longer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change them out all the time. Um, and then, yeah, so you can hook a fish, pop it back, pop the fish off, drop your bait back down. You don't have to worry about rebaiting. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about your, your waxworm or whatever falling off. Um, and then, yeah, when it's a more finicky bite operation, then you go to your live bait because then you also have the scent. Yep. You have the yeah that live, live feel to it. Now, see, I've I've heard of guys too that they're totally hundred percent plastics. They don't even carry live bait, and that's yep. that's not been the case for I us. I think that's a mistake going I, going one way or the other. Maybe uh, we're doing it wrong. Life's but, all about balance, exactly. Uh, and if ideally, you, go, you would have every you know you'd have both. Yeah, trying to go too hard one way or the other, you're gonna get in trouble. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's always a situation, and, it, and especially for me with waxworms, I've got it down to an hour. I mean, I can keep them alive all year, uh, and I'm going to try to do the same thing with spikes this year. So I have two different types of yep. bait with me. Uh, that's really the only thing that slows me down on minnows. Um, I mean, that angle, I've kept them in there for three or four days, but it stinks like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to be keeping that out in your days. garage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, that'll keep them going, but. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that thing is extremely energy solution. efficient. Like a pair of double D batteries in that thing, and it'll mm-hmm. last me. Uh, I don't know if I've ever killed batteries on those things. I've ran them for three or four days at a mm-hmm. time. And I mean, I just switch them out just yep. uh, because we'll be going on a trip or something. And I don't want to risk having dead batteries. Yep. Uh, so I really don't know. I really don't know how long those batteries will last. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're extremely energy efficient. Yep. I think I hooked mine up to uh, a USB, wired it for five volt. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that worked pretty well, but then I think I ran over. Or so I had, or I had, so when I, when I borrowed Denny's, he didn't have the, the, the DC adapter that you plug yeah, in? Yeah, the cigarette lighter. No, he had the cigarette lighter and he needed the oh. other one so I could plug it into the wall. Yep. Uh, he didn't have that adapter. I'm like, well, so I started kind of raffling. You know, we all have to keep those tubs of old electronic power cords and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had one that had the plug-in, the, the necessary size. Uh, uh, like the little barrel? Yeah, the little plug? barrel plug-in. Yeah, kind of like one of these little adapter deals. Yep, I had one with the right size, but it was not the right amperage. Oh, shoot. So I plugged that in and it goes... <laughs> just freaking just pumping like crazy. I'm like, oh, shit. Let's unplug that before I burn that sucker up. 25 volts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just, it was shooting. Well, then I looked back and it was, uh, so I've got this little skill uh, screw, electric screwdriver mm-hmm. thing. And that's what you plug that thing into to charge it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably, that's probably <laughs> a problem. High speed. Because, yeah, normally high speed is good, but not for, not, not not for creating bubbles in an no. uh, angle cooler. No, but otherwise it's, I'm very impressed with how well. Yep. Now I just need some sort of water recirculator system in there so it doesn't stink so bad yep 
uh, yep. trade yeah. out the water every now and then. Yeah. That'd be nice. So, yeah. Uh, well, while we're on live bait, I've said it before on the podcast, but I'll say it again because we've got a hell of a lot of new listeners. Um, number one thing for storing minnow or storing waxworms or I would assume uh, spikes. spikes I think the spikes same, are in the same category. Um, is yeah. what I do. So, I'll buy, like right now, normally right now, but we don't really have ice. And I don't, last I checked Fleet Farm, they didn't have any new waxworms in yep. stock. Uh, is I'll buy like a big 250 count. And what I'll do is I'll go down to my basement. Um, I have a window in my basement and I'll put them on the windowsill and that whatever that environment is, it's the perfect temperature. It's the perfect humidity and they will live until March. It's probably the, the cyclical aspect of it. It gets a little bit of heat during the day, yep. cools off at night. Right by the window is colder anyway. Yep. You know, probably I mean, by the degrees. end of the season, they'll start wrapping cocoons ready to become bees. Like yep. it's, it's impressive how long those, how well yep. those things survive in there. Cool. So yeah, number one tip of the short ride show is to do that with your wax. There you go. Awesome. Got anything else, Brett? No, I think we pretty much touched, touched on everything. A lot I of wanted. talk on some live bait and plastics. Well, actually, let's talk. Let's let how, what time? How long is this? How what time are we? Yeah, we got a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's go into what kind of fish we're fishing for with some of these live baits and plastics. There you go. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, primarily we're paying fishermen. I, yes. I, I mean, well, actually, I'd describe my, ourselves as opportunistic fishermen. We are fishing for uh, whatever's biting. Yeah, at that point. I think you're you're yeah. in trouble if you're only going out for one specific fish and whatever. Yeah. But uh, primarily what I'm using plastics for is panfish. Yep. I'm not fishing plastics for catfish. I'm not fishing plastics for walleye. I'm not fishing plastics for, uh, I don't know, what else? Pike. Pike, whatever. Uh, I, mean, I don't. Really yeah, fish for we don't have anyways. But we don't uh, have lake trout around here. No, um, that kind of thing. I'm fishing plastics for crappies, bluegills, bass. Mm-hmm. Those are the three main things that are eating plastics. Yep. Right. Could you have you caught anything else on a plastic? Have you ever caught a walleye on a plastic? Have you ever caught a catfish on a plastic? Have you ever caught? Yeah. No, I caught a walleye on a plastic once. Did it was you? on a noogie, but it was a smaller one anyway. Oh shit! No, I take that back. Yeah, up on brushy, we've caught mm-hmm. we've caught some yeah, walleyes but, on plastic. No. What I remember was last year during that tournament was you were working that, well, you didn't know at the time it was a walleye, Yep. working it with a plastic. It would come up, go back down, come yep. up, go back down. You left that hole. I came right back to that hole. Bam. Freaking smoked a minnow head right away. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Minnow heads are pretty, <laughs> pretty, yeah, productive yeah, on you brushy. Don't, you don't run into that problem very often. So during that tournament, we just, it was a panfish tournament mm-hmm. and we just could not get out of the walleyes. Yep. Yeah, and even the son DNR of, guy was like, "Son of a bee. man, you guys are doing pretty good." We just could not get out of the walleye. He wanted us to eat them. Yeah, and like, I was like, "Nah, that? nah, we're here nah, for panfish tournament." <laughs> he was and disappointed. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, but I mean, the waxies—that's quintessential panfish bait right there. Yep. That's bluegills and crappies. that's—I mean, anything in these ponds, like urban yep. type stuff, type Perch. settings. Yep, waxworms yep. and plastics or spikes. Spikes, spikes. would do the same kind of yep. thing. I really wouldn't worry too much about minnows. They're—I mean—they're good bait. And yep. I'm not knocking on anything, but they're a pain in the ass. They're not as easy to keep around. Yep. Keep going. You always have to go to the bait shop to get them, and then you have to come out where. Yeah. Here, I mean, it's half an hour to the bait shop, and I already live right next to the dang ponds. Yep. Uh, rather than driving all the way there to get minnows and coming yep. all the way back, I can just go out yep. and have them. And you may see us use some bigger uh, minnows from time to time. We're working on a little something here. We'll see yes. if that pans out. But Dude. Um, that's something where, where you're talking using crappie minnows. You know, using bigger chubs, bigger suckers. Yep. You know, for pike, muskies, kind of muskies predator fish. So here in well, Iowa, big walleyes. we are fortunate enough to not have seasons. We don't have any fishing season. Fishing's always open. No, any species. I don't think there's any. Right. I don't think anything has a. No. Uh, 
paddlefish, but whatever. Not yeah. Catch yep. paddlefish on those are river fish, but uh, yeah. So we're fortunate enough to yep. we can target anything at any time, and I'm pumped. Yep. To try a few other few new things. This, this <laughs> we'll year. just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to keep everyone in suspense. We're well, just in case it don't work things. out, because any so far every plan <laughs> exactly. we've tried to make, uh, it sucked. It well, not sucked, but it just hasn't been able to work out. Yep. Yep. Nothing's going according to plan in 2020. Who no. would have guessed? Well, even, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Good deal. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know that was a good time chatting about bait. Yeah. That's really got me thinking I need to run a fleet farm and get some check, check <laughs> for new fresh bait. This. See if they got fresh wax worms. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time, guys, on The Short Rod Show. Mm-hmm.